It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. You are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the show as we continue on. Brought to you by the M Resort Spawn Casino, the official hotel of the Silver and Black. They help us out with everything we do here on Raider Nation Radio, the Raiders Tavern and Grill. They got great concerts at the pool. They have great experiences at the M. That's where we host the pre and post when the Raiders are on the road. I hang out there all the time. They got Belitnikoff wine served, Charles Woodson wine served. It's a great place to hook up if you're a Raider fan. M Resort as we kick off this hour with the breaking news. The Giants and quarterback Daniel Jones have agreed on a four-year, $160 million deal with an additional $35 million that Jones could make in incentives, according to Albert Breer. So it is official. The Giants got the deal done before the deadline, which started right now, a few minutes ago. That's a four-year, $160 million contract for the Giants. Wow. What a bet on Daniel Jones. Number one media market made the playoffs this year, and won a playoff game and played well. So, again, remember, Derek Carr never won a playoff game. Daniel Jones was able to. He got rewarded with the team that he wanted to stay with. And, you know, now they can go franchise tag Saquon Barkley, and we'll wait for the news coming up on this. But Daniel Jones agreeing to that $160 million deal, that's pretty much the market for him. I think it's a little bit costly. I never thought... That he was worth that type of money, but you know the Giants—they don't—they can't afford to let him go. The Giants have momentum now as a playoff team, so as a playoff team, the Giants believe that they are building in the right direction. They want a playoff game. They're in a division where they can get it done. So let's take uh, let's take this look at this. It's just flying on Twitter. Giants have agreed to a four-year deal, according to Ian Rappaport, and the Giant fans are going to go big on this. He got his money. And he's going to get some guaranteed money in here. The Giants also placed the franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley. So he'll make the same dollar figure as Josh Jacobs. I'm going to get into Josh Jacobs here in about 10 minutes with the Raiders. So look, if Saquon Barkley is getting $10.1 million, right, and we're talking about Josh Jacobs, that's the market. That's a, that's a very vibrant market on a one-year deal, on a one-year franchise tag for running backs there. Uh, Barkley and Jacobs are pretty much even. They're both really good. So this is an important day today. The other news, if you're joining us late, is that the Jets have probably landed in Green Bay already. Uh, They took off a couple hours ago uh, from the Jets and the private jet of Woody Johnson, the owner, to get out there and meet with Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers was granted permission by his employer, the Green Bay Packers, to talk to the Jets. All reports are from everybody you heard. And the Jets were all in on Derek Carr as a backup. But this is why Derek Carr didn't go to the Jets. Maybe Derek didn't want to, to stay in the AFC and not compete at a high level. The NFC, I always thought, was a better fit. 
but we knew that the Jets wanted Aaron Rodgers more than Derek Carr. And that is obvious because the Jets didn't get on a private jet to Las Vegas with the head coach, the billionaire owner, and the GM to meet Derek Carr. They did to go do that with Aaron Rodgers. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers has been granted permission to negotiate, that's a pretty cool deal. So will Aaron Rodgers use this to flex? Because if Green Bay is offering up Aaron Rodgers in an expensive trade and the Jets are on a private jet to go there, that doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers is available in a trade to the 49ers. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I want to play for the 49ers. 49ers have something to give up. they got a really good roster, and Aaron Rodgers can go to where he started in the Bay Area, but the Green Bay Packers aren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers in the conference. So his best chance is the AFC. And how does that fit everybody in Raider Nation? What does the Raider fans think about this? You know, there's, there's different stages that we all go through in life. I think I hope I can connect with you on this issue. The biggest stage I'm going through in my life right now is to see my parents. They're in their mid-80s. I got to see them more and more. I just got back from seeing my in-laws. Same case for them. That's like a priority. That's the top priority in my life. More important than radio, more important than anything is to see my family, especially those who are aging and are on the other side of the country. The other stage of my life I'm going through is with my radio and the Raiders. And the stage I'm going through is I'm trying to tone down the negativity in the offseason. And that, the only way I can do that is me. I, I'm not up here being negative. I'm being very positive with the Raiders. And I normally am. And for those who think I'm too positive and all that, who cares? right? I don't care what you think. You probably don't care what I think on that issue. I'm going to live my life my way. You're going to live it your way. In the regular season, I can't avoid negativity. If I'm doing the postgame show in the Modelo Lounge and the Raiders lose, it's going to be negative on the postgame show. It's going to be hard. It's going to be negative, and that's my job, and I, I can handle that. But I don't have to do negative Raider radio in early March. I got March Madness. I got NFL free agency. I got the draft in April. I got all this stuff going on. I'd be silly to be negative. But I'm dealing with some Raider fans who are super negative, even when the Raiders do something positive. So I know what's going to happen. I know this blindfolded. If Aaron Rodgers signs with the Jets tonight or tomorrow or three or four days from now, Raider fans who never spoke up once at all about Aaron Rodgers are going to call me negative and blame Dave Ziegler for not getting Aaron Rodgers. Well, if the Jets could get him, how come the Raiders couldn't get him? Well, the Jets were desperate to get him, and the Raiders aren't desperate to get him. The Raiders might want Aaron Rodgers, and they probably wanted Tom Brady, and Tom Brady retired. But the Raiders are not walking around as desperate as the Jets are. Why are the Jets so desperate? Easy. They drafted a quarterback number two overall two years ago, and he's borderline a bust. And the owner needs to rectify that quickly. The Raiders evaluated their quarterback, Derek Carr, who's a very good quarterback, and said he's good, but he's not good enough for what we want to do. And Raider fans have a problem with that because Carr's pretty good. And they can't come to grips with the fact that the coach and the GM want to find someone better. Well, when the guys who are better than Derek Carr are not available, and that would be Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you know, all these quarterbacks, they're not available. Josh Allen, the Raiders can't get him. So there's only a smaller pool of quarterbacks who Dave Ziegler can get. And that pool is dwindling. But maybe not. Lamar Jackson was just franchise tagged. A really big topic on this show right now should be, is it worth for the Raiders to give up two first-round draft picks to get Lamar Jackson? Wow, that's a tough one. Because he's an MVP, he's a running quarterback, he can make every throw. He's shown it all. 
I don't like all of his traits. I don't like some of his leadership traits. I like the way he leads on the field and how he plays. He plays really hard, and I like that in a quarterback, and he runs, and he doesn't run out of desperation. He runs because it's a strength. So any scenario that you give me that the Raiders, with the non-exclusive franchise tag that the Ravens have on Lamar, that the Raiders would have a plan in place to get him, I would be behind that. I'd also be behind the Raiders paying $60 million and spread it out over a couple of years for Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, I'd love the Raiders if they traded up for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I would love that. Maybe you wouldn't, and I don't know if I would like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I know I don't like those guys as much as Stroud and Bryce Young. So there are many options out there, including Jimmy Garoppolo. And then after Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I don't expect you to be. I got a little bit of a bias there. I I like Baker Mayfield a lot. I've liked Baker Mayfield better than Derek Carr. I'm not saying Baker's proven he's better than Derek all the time, but I love his ceiling a little bit more. So there's a lot of options out here that the Raiders have at the quarterback position. But the breaking news is the Jets are flying to California, excuse me, not to Green Bay to meet with Aaron Rodgers. And with that happening, that's a big deal today. Something can happen quick there. When we come back, Josh Jacobs got franchise tagged. What do you think about it? I don't love it, but I like it. And I'll tell you why when we return on the flagship of the Raiders next. Delayed hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle 10. Cuts right side five. Touchdown, Jacobs. Trick in the end zone. His third rushing touchdown of the day. And the Raiders go up two scores. 30 to 20 with 7.06 to go in the ballgame. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio on this beautiful Tuesday here. JT with you as we reset the show. And a lot's happening in the Raider Nation here. A reminder, we're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. The DeCastaverde Law Group, personal injury, car accident law firm here in Las Vegas. Everyone listens to us all over the country. If you come to Southern Nevada, if you're up in Reno, anywhere in the state of Nevada, the history of this family is incredible. So Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, they're my friends here. They're proud partners of Raider Nation Radio. Their dad started practicing law, and he built this law firm with family roots. If you go to the website, you'll see everything you need to know about the DeCastaverde Law Group. They are fantastic. They'll do everything to help you if you get into an accident. 702-222-9999. Request a free case evaluation. I've been to the law firm. I've seen the amount of people they have working behind the scenes, and it's a family atmosphere. Again, I walk in there. Everyone says hello. Everyone's in a great mood. Everybody is grinding to do their best as this is a Las Vegas-based law group that is here for you. I talk about family all the time. I talk about my family. I consider Alex DeCastaverde a family-based attorney with his brother Orlando, and their dad taught them all about life, friendship, and family, and that's the way they run their law group. High expectations in this town if you're going to get a lawyer. If you're going to get a law group, you drive all over this town, and all you hear are commercials, you see billboards, you see everything on television. you got to trust people. I trust the DeCastaverde Law Group. My personal injury attorneys 
Give them a call, 702-222-9999. Just put it in your phone in case you do get into an accident. You're on the side of the road, side of a freeway. You need help. Don't talk to anybody. Take pictures. Do what you need to do and call the DeCastaverde Law Group. They'll take care of you, proud partners here on Raider Nation Radio. So I want to get back to Josh Jacobs because there's a lot of people out there that just don't understand what's happening. They don't understand what's happening. They want instant gratification. And again, a small group of Raider fans at this point in time that are really triggered about every move and looking for the negative instead of the positive. So I got up earlier today and I tweeted about four or five tweets in a row. You can see it at JT the Brick on Twitter about Josh Jacobs. And what's the backstory here? They were not going to extend Josh Jacobs coming into last season. And I agreed with that because I knew this was a new regime that wasn't really going to extend anybody. They gave Derek Carr a contract they could get out of, and they got out of it. Uh, They signed Max Crosby. They gave Waller a deal. They gave Renfro a deal eventually here. They went out and signed Chandler Jones. And this was their first offseason to make some moves. Obviously, they had to come in here and look at this roster and make some decisions. And the running back position was very important because this is a position now that you can get a running back pretty easily. And they went out and got a lot of running backs in the offseason, didn't they? They went out and in the draft and free agency and bought running backs in. In hindsight, I don't think that was a great move because a lot of the running backs didn't play because Josh Jacobs was too good. But we didn't know that ahead of time. See, everybody thinks they know the answers ahead of time and can make decisions a year out. It doesn't work that way. So I remember being there on the sideline. First time I met the head coach because he came in and he was busy was in Canton, Ohio. And I met him with George Atkinson on the sideline. And that was the first conversation I had with Coach McDaniels for an extended period of time before I started interviewing him every week for the coaches show. And at that time, we didn't talk about Josh Jacobs, but what I remember about that conversation was Josh Jacobs was warming up behind the coach, the head coach, and the GM in Canton, Ohio, as Josh Jacobs was coming home in front of his family. That's where he went to high school to coach. So I said to myself, this is a big deal, and I don't know if Josh Jacobs is going to be here very long because they're risking putting him out there in the preseason. That was all part of the plan. And not everybody liked the plan, but that was part of the plan of what they were doing with him. They were testing him to see what they had in him because they never coached him before. So Josh Jacobs came out and had a brilliant year. 1,653 yards, 4.9 was his average. He had 12 touchdowns, and he had a brilliant year. He was fantastic, and he played in 17 games. But let's go back to the year before because last season – Again, with over 1,600 yards, he had 340 attempts. The year before, which Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were evaluating him on, he had his least amount of attempts, and he played 15 games. Two less games than this past season. Also, last year, and that would be, excuse me again, the year before last, it was the only time that he rushed for under 1,000 yards. Josh came into the uh, Raiders in Oakland in 2019. He only played in 13 games. He had 1,150 yards, 4.8 a carry. Then we moved to Vegas, 2020. He has 1,065 yards. And then in 2021, he had 872 yards. Just 872 with nine touchdowns. He averaged Uh, 4.0 per carry. Okay, this past year, 4.9. Why would they have given him a contract 
coming in here brand new, not knowing the player after 2021, when he only had 872 yards on 217 carries. Again, he had well over 100 more carries this past season. Now you could say, well, he was playing for a contract. Great. He was playing for a contract the year before, too. There were a lot of reasons why he didn't have a great season. I thought it was more of a passing offense and a running offense. And now Josh just got rewarded. Yeah, he got rewarded with a franchise tag of over $10 million. So for everyone who says, how come they can't come to terms now on a long-term deal? Vinny Bonsignor wrote about it, the voice of reason, in his column today in the Las Vegas Review-Journal. They have an opportunity to agree on a long-term deal until July 15th. July 15th, and today it's Tuesday, March 7th. So they got plenty of time to come up with a deal for Josh Jacobs if they deem that that's the right thing to do at this time for the organization. I don't know if they think it's the right thing to do because, again, it's a position that normally decreases in production, and Josh Jacobs proved that he's only going up. So it makes it a little bit more complicated. But Dave Ziegler said that's a really good place to start. Hopefully we'll work to get some common ground here sooner than later. Vinny writes, the Raiders didn't pick up the 50-year option on Jacobs' rookie contract. He responded by producing the best season of his four-year career. Again, leading the NFL in rushing with 1,653 yards. Quote, what we said at the end of the year is the same as it is now. We would love for J.J. to continue to be a Raider. Coach Josh McDaniel said that. So why I'm bringing this up again, and I mentioned it as we opened up the show in the first hour is everybody needs to calm down. They're running a business. They're running a business upstairs on the football operations side here, led by Dave Ziegler to get ready for the draft, signing draft picks, paying draft picks, and entering free agency. They deemed it was the right move to tie him to a franchise tag and continue the negotiation process. I think a lot of Raider fans realize that maybe the more important position is quarterback right now. And they need to free up some money for the quarterback position. They were able to do that by letting Derek Carr go. So everything's calm. Everything's okay. You don't have to fight every move that the Raiders do. Every move that they do, especially in the offseason, you don't have to throw under a microscope and say it's the end of the bleeping world or it's the greatest deal ever. We all knew that Josh Jacobs was going to be here. Again, the year before, I didn't know if Josh Jacobs would be here because he only rushed for 872 yards. That's a big difference compared to 1,653 yards. Now he deserves a different base salary with signing bonuses in the future. And I think they're going to try to work through all of that, as Vinny talked about in his column today up until July 15th. Would I be shocked if he didn't get a new deal? No. Would I be shocked if they franchise tagged him again? No. I just know that I trust that Dave Ziegler is trying to figure out the budget for this team. And now as he's pressed up against the wall in this quarterback decision that's coming up, either draft or free agency, they've got to be fluid here and they have to have money on hand and available. So this money is a significant amount that's going to count against the cap. Uh, Jacob's tag for running backs in this upcoming season is 10 Point zero nine million, and that number will immediately count against the Raiders' salary cap as the Raiders hope to sign him long-term. And that's the word that Vinny used here. Vinny used a very important word here, that Jacobs responded by producing his best season of his four-year career. Well, why did he do that? 
because he was in a contract year. And he played his ass off, and he did an unbelievable job. So I think this is a positive going forward. I put out a tweet this morning. There's a couple of people cracking back that don't think it's a positive. They think it's a negative because all they're thinking about is negativity. You know, you could franchise tag the running back, and some fans want to criticize the head coach for doing this. It's really the GM's job to extend players and franchise tag them with a coach that has a big voice in the room, which Dave and Josh work together. So this is kind of where I was going down the road with. I figured he'd be franchise tagged if you were listening to the show. We got another one right here. We don't get everyone right. We don't get everything right here. We just try to lead you down the road of what could happen and what I think is going to happen here. So for Josh Jacobs, uh, he's a really important piece in this puzzle for the Raiders in the offseason. There's a void at quarterback. They've got to sign a quarterback, including Jarrett Stidham, if they want to have a bridge quarterback. They want to be in the market for a free agent quarterback. Today, with the franchise tag news around the NFL, it's a really dicey day in the league for a lot of quarterbacks. And the Raiders wanted to make sure that they took care of their running back. They took care of him by tagging him at this enormous rate of $10 million a season which most running backs don't get, but you should get that if you lead the league in rushing. So that's a good sign for Josh Jacobs because if they said, look, we tagged him and we're not going to negotiate with him and there was no ability in the collective bargaining agreement to negotiate with him up until July 15th, then I could see a couple of fans being really upset. But at times, fans don't know the rules and the ability to negotiate up until July 15th. So all I've said earlier today, and I continue to say it, do whatever you want on this show. Call in angry, pissed off, happy, euphoric, whatever you want to do. You're all invited to call the show. And you know that. I don't have to tell you that. You know that when I say I got an open phone line, I'd like to get your opinion on this. But when it comes to the Raiders making a financial decision and an important one, have a little respect for the process at least and understand that they could still negotiate with him into the month of July, uh, July 15th, and get this deal done. Y'all don't have to be doom and gloom, and you're not. There's just a few loud people there on the internet who every day wake up upset. They claim to be Raider fans. They have pictures of their little kids in Raider dresses and costumes on their Twitter feed, and they're using profanity, screaming, yelling, upset about everything. I'm not that guy. You know, I get upset about a lot of things here, and at times the tone of my voice is pretty intense. But I think it's good news for Josh Jacobs. He's going to be a Raider. I have a feeling he's going to be a Raider for the long term at a time where most owners and GMs don't want to lock up their running backs long term. They definitely don't want to franchise tag him for over $10 bucks. I can tell you that. And they don't want to give long-term contracts. So let's see how this plays out. And maybe the week of July 1st, if he's not under contract in regards to picking up an extension for him, then we'll open up the phones on this and say, what's going on? How come Josh didn't get that extension? Man, they're going to live with the franchise tag. And then we'll get an opportunity to adjust and see what Josh Jacobs says about this. I'm sure Josh is going to comment a lot about this before July 15th, but he seems to be in a good place. I would be too if I was making $10 million guaranteed in this league and I had an opportunity to negotiate for a lot more. That's where the Raiders are. It's a trying time here for the silver and black in regards to the draft and free agency. A lot of pressure, a lot of money under the cap and money that needs to be spent wisely. And I think the franchise tag by Dave Ziegler was a wise move at this time. At this time, we'll see how it plays out long-term. We're looking for your response to this debate. 
It is a debate at 702-365-9200. Josh Jacobs will be a Raider. And again, I'll stand by what I said. They didn't need to pick up his contract after 2021 with 872 yards and a brand-new GM and a brand-new head coach who didn't know the kid. Didn't know the kid at all and were trying to figure him out. They were not going to dish out a long-term contract extension to Josh Jacobs. If you think that was the case, you're not up to speed on what the Raiders have been doing. Now it's a different story, and that's why we're talking about that. At least we know that Derek Carr is gone and Josh Jacobs is here. We don't know who else is going to be here. There's the ability to trade and trade some pretty good names on this roster heading into the draft to move up and to do a lot of other things that are going to be emotional and I think going to make for really good radio. 702-365-9200. The Raiders put the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs and we creep along here in the month of March for March Madness. We're doing a lot for March Madness here. We'll tell you about it all month as we are excited about March here in Vegas. Always a great month, because I think March Madness is one of the top two to three events all year, the entire year. It's bigger than Super Bowl because more people are betting on many games. The Super Bowl is a standalone, and this year we have F1, which is supposed to be the biggest sporting event in the history of Las Vegas, and I'm buying into that. So March Madness is the first big step coming off the Super Bowl with the Super Bowl next year right here in Las Vegas. You're listening to the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio. You know, he's got an elite skill set. I mean, it's obvious when you watch him on film. I mean, the things he can do with the football and the plays that he makes. And uh, I think he's underrated as a passer. Maybe I, I think so in terms of his ability to make plays and throw it down the field. So you've all seen it. I mean, I'm like you. I haven't, I mean, I'm no different than you. I watch what you guys watch, you know, and it's pretty amazing. JT, back with you. We continue on on Raider Nation Radio. Vince Sapienza, kind enough to join us. And Vince does an unbelievable job covering the Raiders the Golden Knights, all sports in this town, and he's one of our regulars. And Vince, uh, let's jump in here first off. I just did a rant on Josh Jacobs being franchise tagged. I thought this was the right move. Clearly, there's a lot of other deals the Raiders have to make out financially on, including quarterbacks, signing draft picks, and all this. Did you sense this franchise tag is coming, or did you think they'd have him signed? Well, JT, uh, you know, I thought this was coming. I thought it was all academic. Uh, I wouldn't consider this a significant move in the slightest. I always saw this as the next possible step. As we know, Ziggler uh, comes from a place that never played run- paid running backs, so I didn't think they were going to start by just handing the bag right away. They clearly have to build out their team quarterback out, and before they can do anything, I think they need to make a decision on what they're doing and how they're spending that money on the quarterback position, if and then, that's when we'll see the payment for Josh Jacobs. We've heard from Josh saying he doesn't mind playing on the franchise tag as long as the roster's deep enough and they're doing everything they can to compete right away. Now, they start cutting costs and letting go of players, doing trades and things of that, na- that nature. That's when I think we're going to see Josh start to get uh, a little anxious, a little unhappy, and then maybe you know other things will happen down the road. At the end of the day, I do think a deal is going to get done. He's the best running back in the league right now. 
And I don't think there's really a threat of another team coming in and willing to send two first-round picks plus money uh, to the Raiders to sign him. So at the end of the day, I think the Raiders and Jacobs will find a way to get a deal done. This may not be right now. Vince Sapienza, you know what's interesting? Saquon Barkley, it just happened to him. He was franchise tagged a few minutes ago for the same amount of money as Josh Jacobs as they came to terms on Daniel Jones with a big contract. So, Vince, isn't it? pretty much the same everywhere the quarterback and the quarterback money is more important than the running back that will never change it's never changed it will never change the rest of our life the quarterback will be the priority over the running back 100 percent, 100 percent. when you look around the nfl teams aren't asking are we a running back away from competing for a super bowl they're asking are we set at quarterback to make a run at a super bowl it's going to be that's that's the deal now and as you said, that's how it's going to be moving forward. We've seen over the last 10, 15 years the running back position get diminished. That doesn't mean they can't add significant impact to offenses on contending teams and Super Bowl winning teams. But when, when you're throwing money at a position, it's always going to start with the quarterback and it's always going to go quarterback out. And if there's one uh, y- you know, team that you look at, the New England Patriots, that they've been able to shuffle – running backs in and out over the years and been able to win consistently. Obviously, with Ziggler coming from that tree, Josh McDaniels coming from that franchise, it's not that I don't think that they value Josh Jacobs. I just think it's the position in general. They know that they need a quarterback to win, and when they're going to put all their chips or all their dollars and cents at the middle of the table, it's going to be for a quarterback more so than running back. That being said, I still think a a deal gets done for Josh Jacobs, and I think it's going to be a deal that works for both sides. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5, joins us. Great contributor to our show. So where have you always stand on the quarterback, Vince? You've been on with me a bunch all the time we go back working together on what they need to do because coming out of the combine, it sure looked like Anthony Richard broke all the records and looks like one of the all-time greats to come out of there. There's Levitt, Stroud, you got to trade up to get him, Bryce Young, and then Aaron Rodgers. You know, the Packers are going to talk to the Jets as of right now about a potential move there. What do you think is the most prudent move for the Raiders considering their salary cap needs, the money they have, and the importance of bouncing back from only six wins? Well, the sexy move right now is is trying to beat a plane <laughs> to yeah. beat the Jets plane and go talk to Aaron Rodgers. But I just I don't see that as being viable. I don't think that makes sense now or in the future of this franchise. We, we heard from Josh McDaniels and we heard from Ziggler at the Combine about the long-lasting success of the franchise as opposed to the immediate dividends. And that's not to say that it's a rebuild or a reload or whatever it is. I just I don't think they're going to put all their chips into an older quarterback, as good as he may be. I think they're looking at the, the long-lasting venture of that position and finding a guy that Josh McDaniels can groom, can work with, and can compete right away. I mean, we, how many – times have we seen it we've seen it year in and year out countless times where quarterbacks not necessarily first rounders but can come in and and contribute now obviously i think the raiders are going to be swinging for the fences and i think they are going to see what they can do with the draft possibly moving up to get the guy that they want and you talked about a guy like cj stroud anthony richardson i mean those guys are are guys i think they are looking at very heavily we we've seen reports about jake hayner being uh, Mm -hmm. one of those guys that they're looking at at the combine. I I think they're going that route. And I think we're going to see this year, I think we'll see a rookie quarterback 
in the silver and black and contributing meaningful games early as opposed to maybe late in the season. Nice, strong opinions from Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. As we wrap it up, I love the move, the last two moves that VGK made. It, it, they're moves that are made by a franchise that doesn't want to compete for the playoffs. They want to compete for the cup. Tell me what happened around the trade deadline, especially getting Jonathan Quick and how that deal came about and what the roster looks like the rest of the way because they're playing well. They're right where they need to be on top of the West with big games here so they can keep that high seed heading into the postseason. Well, I think with the Golden Knights, I think Christmas Day to the Golden Knights in years past has always been the NHL trade deadline. They've always mm-hmm. been big, big fish hunting, and they've always gotten the best big fish, it seems like. This year, uh, a little more subtle, a little more under-the-radar type moves. You go and get Ivan Barbashev about five days before the deadline is to hit, and all of a sudden he's on your top line, played four games, has five points, and he is clicking with Jack Eichel, something that they have not been able to really find anybody on the roster that has clicked with Jack Eichel the way Ivan Barbashev has. He's won a Stanley Cup. He knows Alex Petrangelo. He's very comfortable. He's a guy that goes to the net. He is exactly what Bruce Cassidy asked for at the deadline, and he got in a top-line winger now, clicking with Jack Eichel, a guy who causes chaos in the crease, and it's just a headache to play against. You also look at one of the other moves they made, Teddy Bluger. He's not going to wow you on the stat sheet. He's not going to put up a a bunch of points. But Teddy Bluger is a fourth-line center that, again, you'll find a common theme here, is a headache to play against. He's a fantastic penalty killer, and he brings some uh, consistency in that bottom six. You know what you're going to get. He's a defensive checker that's not going to give you a lot, and he's going to play up against some of the top uh, players on the opposing teams and kind of you know, shut them down. And we've seen that through a couple games with him. Obviously, the big name at the deadline, Jonathan Quick. You know, this team, JT, loves goalies. Yeah, <laughs> they, they do. They love goalies that make headlines and love goalies that, that have big names. Jonathan Quick, 37 years old, having his worst season statistically in the National Hockey League. He gets moves but this is as motivated as he's ever been. I've talked with him now a couple of times since he's been here, and let's face it, he's pissed off. He is pissed off that the L.A. Kings traded him, and they did it out of left field. He wasn't ready for it. He had no uh, knowledge that it was going to happen, or even the fact that it was an option. So he's pissed off. He played like it uh, in his debut on Sunday. The third period, I'm not going to put on him. I'm going to be put more on the team, but he played fantastic in the opening 40 minutes. I don't know if we're going to see that every start he gets down the stretch, but uh, it's a good start for the VGK and a good season debut, or Golden Knights debut, I should say, for Jonathan Quick. But, JT, one other point I want to make as as fans watch these Golden Knights games down the stretch, everybody wants to talk about the goaltenders. What's going to happen when everybody gets healthy? I don't really care. Put anybody you want in net at this point. The only thing the Golden Knights need to focus on down the stretch is their power play. Since Mark Stone got hurt on January 12th, January 13th to now, the Golden Knights are 2-for-39 on the power play. 2-for-39. Teams like Chicago, teams like Montreal are twice as good percentage-wise than the Golden Knights. They are 32 out of 32 on the power play since January 13th. If they want any kind of extended run in the Stanley Cup playoff, they have to fix the power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince Sapienza, last one. All the teams ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights, VGK has 82 points. The teams ahead of them are all in the Eastern Conference. Toronto, the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Bruins. I talked to a couple of my hockey buddies over the weekend who are from back east. It's, it's going to be the Bruins 
and then a bunch of teams battling out to play the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final. It's going to be a war of attrition to get out of the East. If Vegas can find a way to get an easy matchup in the first round of the playoffs, get a beneficial one where they're clearly the favorite in the second round before they go into the conference finals, and you got to earn it to get out of the conference finals. This could set up nicely for them. The road in the East is brutal. I think the road in the West is manageable. Do you agree? 100%. You look at, you know, after the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, after the first round, two of the top teams in the league are going to be knocked out. Yes. They're going to be in the Eastern Conference. That's absolutely incredible. The West is wide open. If there's one thing that I'm looking at with this Golden Knights team and the other teams in the West, Dallas is kind of having some struggles right now playing some, some close games. Winnipeg is falling off. Colorado seems to be gaining steam. Everyone else is kind of just neck and neck right there. These next few games, obviously the Golden Knights are in Florida tonight. Florida is scratching and clawing, just trying to make the postseason. But they, they were the president's. Uh, trophy winner mm-hmm. just a season ago, so you know they're going to be a tough task. Then you got Tampa and Carolina. The Golden Knights have played really exceptionally well against the top teams in the East, specifically in the Atlantic Division this season. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a familiarity with Bruce Cassidy and him being able to get some matchups, but they played really well against those teams, and I think it's more to the point that the Golden Knights are the team we think they are. They're one of the best in the West, and they play up to their opponents. Unfortunately, the flip side of that coin, as we've seen over the last few weeks, they've kind of played down to some of the teams that are lower in the standings. But as the games have gotten closer, as the games have gotten tighter, the Golden Knights have been right there. And since the All-Star break, winning 9 of 12 games, we've seen them rise to the top. Always good to have you, my friend. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Always appreciate your friendship and your insight here in Vegas. All the best to you. Thank you, JT. Appreciate you. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5, the guy's on TV every night, multiple sports. Uh, And you can't do that unless you get out and do what he does, going to press conferences, going to practices, doing whatever he does. We worked together years ago at a former network, and I'm proud of him. He's a good kid, good friend, and he's got a great family. Appreciate him coming on. All right, Keith in Vegas, appreciate you waiting. Keith, you're up next. Uh, Thanks for calling the flagship of the Raiders. What do you got? Yeah, JT, I was going to talk about your running back. I'm not a Raider fan, so I just mm-hmm. observe from the outside. When he first came out of college, the guy reminded me of a young Zeke. Mm-hmm. Ran hard, ran really good. Now, if you remember, not last year, year before, his best friend on your team was that right tackle from New England that collected $20 million and didn't want to play. And he told that kid, don't you go try hard at running back and beat yourself up for nothing. You're getting paid no matter what. And then last year he comes out and it's his contract year, and he mm-hmm. played hard again, ran terrific, looked like Zeke again. Now, if you go give him too much money, he might turn into Zeke the last two years and give you nothing. So I've just I don't, I don't, yeah, but I, I, I disagree with that. Well, hold on a second. Hold on. Let me let me say something quick. Yeah. I don't agree. He's not going to give you nothing. I think that he's matured since he's come to this organization, and I think what he showed us last year is he really wants to be one of the all-time greats. The well, mentoring and ta- hold on, talking to Marcus Allen being a Raider, wanting to be a Raider for life. So you're sensing, you're he acting like he's going to shut it down. No, you act like he's going to get paid and shut it down. I won't yeah, go that I, far. I'm just telling you, when you see around running backs in the NFL and you go pay them a lot of money, you don't get much out of them in the future. But what I want to say, and the other thing you were talking about, you said about um, Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco when you go there. Mm-hmm. Remember now, Tom Brady wanted to go to San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco wants to win with a Brady or a Rodgers. Because they'll take away the credit from Shanahan. 
And remember, Brady got mad down in New England, uh, down in uh, Tampa Bay when he won the Super Bowl, and Bruce Arians tried to take a bunch of credit, and that's why he wanted Bruce Arians out of there last year. He oh. said, "Put Byron Leftwich to call the offense. Get Bruce out of here." That's what happened down there. So don't think Shanahan wants any big name quarterback to come up there and win. Shanahan wants to win. Thanks for he the wants call. To that, win. <laughs> Not with a big name quarterback. He, yes, he, he does. No, again, I don't know what you're drinking or smoking. His father's Mike Shanahan. His father's Mike Shanahan, who won two Super Bowls with John Elway. And you're calling me saying the son, Kyle Shanahan, wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't want to deal with a big-name quarterback. His dad, who got the credit for winning the Super Bowls? Mike Shanahan, who's got two and should be in the Hall of Famer, John Elway. John Elway. He got all the credit for it. So I think Kyle Shanahan, like most coaches, would do anything to win. Do you think that Sean McVay is happy that he won with Matthew Stafford? And he didn't win with Jared Goff. He's happy that he won with the quarterback. I, I find that comment, I appreciate your call. I find that comment ridiculous that a coach doesn't want to win the Super Bowl with a big-name quarterback. They want to win. Josh McDaniels wants to win at all costs. Whoever the quarterback is that can help him win a Super Bowl, he'll take it. Would he like to develop one? Absolutely. They're cheaper. You can develop a cheaper, younger quarterback and help rebuild your defense. That's one of the big things the Raiders are dealing with. Robert in Portland, always appreciate your calling. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, JT, uh, you're right on. I think that they want a young guy, but the young guy I want, and I know you've got to give up two uh, number ones, if they can stagger him to Baltimore, that would be good. I think it's time to sign the 26-year-old. He just turned 26 this uh, in mm-hmm. January. I think I watched him in the game uh, in 21 when he uh, almost beat the Raiders. They lost in the last play by Carr in mm-hmm. overtime. I thought Jackson he made a couple of mistakes in that game, but I love him on the carpet. Now, with their schedule uh, upcoming this year, I think Davis knows that they're going to have a rough schedule. They got uh, without a great quarterback, they'll be lucky if they win two games with this with this road schedule. And I'm, you know, that's even with Chicago and Detroit on it. I think it's murderous. My opinion, though, doesn't count. Which do you think that Jackson, the fact that he'll have Jacobs back there, Jacobs will love to stay because he said, "I'm going to wait to see who the Raiders pick up." I know the defense will still take time to you know, improve, but they'll give up two number ones and they can pay Jackson because he doesn't have an agent over time. They're gonna, I'm not saying they're going to do a Bobby Bonilla type uh, contract, but they have a lot of flexibility. And that's where I think um, mm-hmm. where, where uh, Ziegler just may pull this off because Atlanta yeah. doesn't want to do it. They said they didn't want to do it. And the Giants gave $160 million for four years to Danny Boy. All right, yeah, that's an interesting opinion. Do I think Lamar I, – I would rather have Lamar Jackson than Aaron Rodgers just on age difference alone. But with that non-exclusive tender, you're going to have to pay him and then give up two first-round picks. Now, and thanks for the call. Go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, th- I don't want to give up two first-round picks for anybody. I, I don't think that Dave Ziegler wants to give up two first-round picks. He gave up a first and second for Devontae. Would he give up two first? For Lamar Jackson, well, why not? To give up the seventh pick overall this year for Lamar Jackson and the Raiders go from winning six games to 12 or 11 with Lamar Jackson, as the caller said on the fast track inside here, they play on grass. Remember, Baltimore plays on grass. They play on grass here. And then next year, giving up the number one because you have Lamar Jackson on a five-year deal, six-year deal. I'd do that all day long, all day long. 
but it's expensive because you got to pay. Lamar Jackson wants $240 million guaranteed like Deshaun Watson. All going back to that Deshaun Watson contract, which, as my mom would say, was a beauty. We'll wrap it up on the other side. Raider Nation Radio brought to you by the laborers. 872 laborers led by the great Tommy White. They built Vegas fast and on time. Eichel near the left corner. Back out high for Haig. Returns it for Eichel coming up the boards. The righty Pester feeds Haig, who shot and stopped. Rebound is at the line. Somehow got steered away, but no, the referee says it went across the line. The referee says it's in the goal, and if it counts, it's Barbashev's second of the day. Love this edition of Barbashev. He's got a Stanley Cup championship. And he's fitting in with Jack Eichel. Oh, my God. That's one thing. I don't care what it takes to get Eichel going. If it's a new player coming in and chemistry-wise, as Vince Sapienza said, that is fantastic to me. All right, so today was a good show. I really think Bobby did a great job threading the needle here as we take a look back on it. And the breaking news, Daniel Jones uh, gets a massive contract from the New York Giants on a four-year deal. First two years are $80 bucks. So he's getting big money for a guy that this time last year no one thought much about. No one thought much about. That deal came right down to the wire. So Daniel Jones gets his deal, and he could make $35 million more in incentives. Saquon Barkley got tagged, which is a big deal. And we know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. He's going to meet with the Jets, and that's official. That's official. So this thing could change. Oh, and Lamar Jackson got franchise tagged right when the show started. Pretty busy day. Q will have everything else coming up. Always a big show with Q, a great guest. His lineup is ready to roll. I'm on Sirius XM Mad Dog tonight from 6 to 9 p.m. Sirius XM 82. Have a great night, everybody.